It's time, D-Heads! Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand! Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And we have officially kicked into March. I am excited. St. Patrick's Day, all kinds of fun on the wing. And of course, Shamrock Shakes from McDonald's. That is my number one go-to all March long. But this week, talking about things that are going to make you happy, let's go back into those archives of the Walt Disney Company. And for the week of March 1st, 2018, show number 206, we're going back to the happiest millionaire. The one and only genuine original family band, as well as Hollywood Squares, the new Hollywood Squares, that's incredible, Johnny Carson, Edward Scissorhands, and so much more because we have the one, the only, the talented, the game show host you know and love, John Davidson, stopping in here this week. That's right, John Davidson, who you may know from great Disney classics like The Happiest Millionaire, as well as the one and only original Genuine Family Band, as well as the host of the new Hollywood Squares and many other things. And John is going to stop in and talk about what it was like being part of many of these classics, game shows, what is he working on now off of Broadway, as well as his music, the future, and so much more, including that one time he got to meet Walt Disney on the set of the last film he worked on, The Happiest Millionaire, and many other things. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team, and you always have the questions, and Aaron has the answers, and I want to know. We have Dominic bringing you those tips and tricks to make the most of your Walt Disney World vacation when you're short on time and money in the short leash. We also have Frank, who's stopping in with this week's Disney Quote of the Week, and let's not forget Trisha and Jamie, who are back. Your stomachs are rumbling, and they are back with magical munching with all those treats for you to enjoy while you're at the Disney parks. There's all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire from the Walt Disney Company, Marvel, Star Wars, A Wrinkle in Time, you name it all kinds of fun here this week so before i jump into this week's show and we kick things off i do want to mention that diz radio is probably sponsored by castle and dreams travel and castle and dreams travel is a 100 free agency they're gonna help you plan book prepare and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have from dining reservations character interactions you name it they're gonna take the time grab your hand walk you through the process treat you like family and make it extra magical they're award-winning and have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have so definitely check them out, Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, as we're kicking into March here, as I mentioned, Shamrock Shakes and McDonald's, I'm drinking one right now in the DOD 76 studios. So let's officially kick off show number 206 for the week of March 1st, 2018. And let's kick it off with a little bit of fortune, a little bit of fortuosity, but not the way you remember it. How about from one of our favorite comedians, the one and only Carol Burnett? take it away and I'll be back shortly. Fortuosity That's me by word Fortuosity Me Twinkle in the eye Word Sometimes castles Fall to the ground But that's where Four-leaf clovers are found 
generosity Lucky chances Fortuitous little Happy happenstances I don't worry Cause everywhere I see That every bit of life Is lit by fortuosity Fortuosity That's me own word Fortuosity means never Disney's the one and only genuine original family band. That fabulous Dakota-bound pioneer family whose musical razzmatazz rang up the curtain for territorial statehood, while Grandpa played havoc with politics and with the lives of two young people in love. The one and only genuine original family band. trouble for Alice and Joe. Me cause trouble? Let's money it over It's the most fun-filled, star-spangled riot of political fireworks ever set to music with the mutinous, fightinest, musically fabulous family that ever broke trail and tradition. West of the wide Missouri. West of the wide Mo, west of the wide Mo, west of the wide Mo, Missouri. John Davidson, you're listening to Diz Radio. I'm the John Davidson you might have seen on Hollywood Squares or That's Incredible or 
taking over for Johnny Carson on the Tonight Show or in a Broadway show or concerts or Las Vegas or I've done so many <laughs> crazy things. But I'm proud to be on Diz Radio. Enjoy. <laughs> Invented music, I'd like to shake his hand Cause music casts a spell on me that I can't understand Must be some magician designed the magic plan He changed his wand to a button And that's how it all began Rhythm bounds and the harmony sounds and the melody rolls around. Presto change the ten feet off the ground. When the rhythm bounds and the harmony sounds and the melody rolls around. Right from the dawn we can be found ten feet off the ground. When everybody puts his heart in it. Everybody plays a part in it That's how music magic is made Everybody's toes get tappier Everybody's feeling happier Light as an air out of his chair Ten feet off the ground Jonathan Johnson. All right, LVD heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 206 for the week of March 1st, 2018, as we're gearing up to hang out with the Happiest Millionaire cast, as well as the one and only Genuine Original Family Band and many other classics. Maybe you want the X and the O, you never know, because we have John Davidson stopping in here very shortly. We have more coming from the D team with Aaron, Dominic, Frank, Trisha, and Jamie stopping in with their signature segments and all kinds of news hot off the D wire. 
Now, before I jump into that news hot off the D-Wire, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DizRadioShow. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, Disney On Demand, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, all of which are going to help you find our fun, magical, different kind of Disney show. And if you want to stay connected instantly, you need to hear our special guests, the D-Team, my voice, you name it. You want your Disney fix from Diz Radio? All you have to do is go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio, search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue or Diz Radio, all of which are going to help you find our show. You can hit subscribe and get the latest shows right there on your device to listen to instantly. Whether that's your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, you can get the shows right away, downloaded to enjoy in your car, your cubicle, on your Alexa, you name it, you can get the shows instantly. And if you can't remember any of these links, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com and find all these links there as well. Now, all the formalities are out of the way, let's jump into that news hot off the D-Wire. And how about something that's musical, something that's fun, and an all-new collection of Disney music favorites with Now That's What I Call Disney Junior Music. Now That's What I Call Music and Walt Disney Records have once again teamed up for a special Now album collection showcasing beloved Disney musical hits. Now these are going to be released with Now That's What I Call Disney Junior Music, and it is available for digital and CD on pre-order. Now building on the success of the four previously released Now That's What I Call Disney and Now That's What I Call Disney Princess album, collections the now that's what i call disney junior music that's saying now a lot in this news anyways it is going to feature 20 of the best hits from the disney junior channel now the album is going to feature songs from the channel's most popular shows including doc mcstuffins mickey mouse clubhouse puppy dog pals vampirina happy helpers sophia the first and many others now this is something that i know many parents are going to enjoy you know your kids love the music they sing along they have a blast. And some of these that they are going to have are going to have some great things. Like I said, Doc McStuffins, Miles from Tomorrowland, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Jake and the Neverland Pirates, as well as Sheriff Callie, and the Minnie Mouse version of that song, Get Up and Dance, as well as the Lion Guard, Mickey and the Roadster Racers. I mean, the list can go on and on, but now you can go ahead and get it. Now that's what I call Disney Junior Music. You can get it for CD pre-order, or it is available digitally right now. Now, moving along here, let's get into something where Disney is always doing something extra. They're going that extra mile. They're making things special. And how about Disney donating $1 million to youth STEM programs in celebration of Black Panther? In celebration of the record-breaking success of Marvel Studios' Black Panther, the Walt Disney Company is donating $1 million to the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. Now, the donation will help expand the Boys and Girls Clubs of America's youth STEM program, the science, technology, engineering, and math programs, supporting the high-tech skills that were a major theme in the plot of Black Panther and essential to helping youth succeed. Now, as they've released on their official press release, Robert Iger has stated, Marvel Studios' Black Panther is a masterpiece of movie making and has become an instant cultural phenomenon, sparking discussion, inspiring people young and old, and breaking down age-old industry myths. Now, he also said that it is thrilling to see how this inspired youth audiences that were awed by spectacular technology in the film, so it's fitting that we show our appreciation to help advance STEM programs for the youth by donating this money. 
Now, this is a great program, a great way to give back to the community, give back into, I guess, everything that you could think of. I mean, to really give back into the building of our future. Now, they also have said, Jim Clark, the president of the Boys and Girls Clubs of America, has said, from hands-on interactive programs to critical thinking, Boys and Girls Clubs of America is committed to providing thousands of young people with the tools they need to prepare for a great future. Now, he also said, thanks to Disney support, we can expand our outreach and allow more youth to find their passions and discover STEM careers. Now, this is going to be great. $1 million. I mean, it is a way to give back and just do what exactly Disney does and always giving back to the future of America. Now, Moving away from Black Panther movies and that, let's talk about expanding still. And how about Disney announcing the transformative multi-year expansion for Disneyland Paris? Now, Chairman and CEO of the Walt Disney Company, Robert Iger, announced plans for a 2 billion euro multi-year expansion for the Disneyland Paris alongside French President Emmanuel Macron, and they have announced it this week. Now, the new development will include a transformation of the Walt Disney Studios Park, adding three new areas that are based on Marvel, Frozen, and Star Wars, along with multiple new attractions and live entertainment experiences. Now, the expansion plan is one of the most ambitious development projects at Disneyland Paris since its opening in 1992 and underscores the company's commitment to long-term success of the resort as Disney's brand and beacon in Europe. Now, as they have said, we are very excited about the future of Disneyland Paris and continue to invest in its long-term success. Now, they also said that the resort is already the leading tourist destination in Europe and the transformative expansion that they announced will add even more beloved characters and unparalleled storytelling to create new lands, attractions, and experiences for people to have. Now, the new areas will infuse some of Disney's most popular stories and characters into the unique destination. Now, building upon the success of the resort's 25th anniversary celebration and continuing to enhance the guest experience for millions of Europeans, they are going to have a lot of great things. Over 320 million visits since 1992. They're going to bring Iron Man and the team of the Avengers. They're going to have Frozen. And, of course, everybody wants to see more Star Wars. Now, this is going to expand into bigger things, more tourist destinations, and they are going to have even more hotel rooms, more attractions, and I think this is one of those things where we're going to see it evolve over time as they release more and more. I mean, I don't know if I can even picture an entire frozen land. That right there would be a little bit different, a little bit, uh, I guess, out there for me, but, you know, I'm sure if Disney's doing it, they're going to do it right. Now, getting into all those fun things that we like to talk about and getting back to movies, how about A Wrinkle in Time? Now, you may remember, or maybe you don't, back in 2003, Disney already made a Wrinkle in Time. Go back, check it out, rent it, and then see the new one. That's my little bit of history tidbit for you here this week. But how about Disney's introducing Disney's A Wrinkle in Time collection by Alex and Annie. Now, Alex and Annie, the beloved lifestyle brand that creates meaningful, eco-conscious jewelry to positively empower and connect humanity, announced an all-new planned connection with Disney. Disney's A Wrinkle in Time collection by Alex and Andy. Now, that is available starting tomorrow, Friday, March 2nd, and it's a 19-piece collection that includes necklaces, bracelets, and rings that are going to be inscribed with iconic quotes and magical symbols from the cherished story. Now, they are handcrafted in Rhode Island, and all Alex and Annie accessories harness the power and meaning through symbolism, providing a vehicle for the wearer to express his or her individuality. Now, be it the magical flowers from the planet or the inspiring words from Mrs. Who, Miss Witch, or Miss What's It?, Every piece from Disney's A Wrinkle in Time collection is meant to speak to one's heart, unleashing all kinds of triumphant powers of love and light. 
Now to further celebrate this exciting collaboration, and might I add, I'm not just saying it's exciting because that's what the press release says. I'm saying it's exciting because they are great pieces of jewelry. Now they are going to jointly produce a great video which we have posted on our website at DizRadio.com. Now it's going to capture the interconnection of the film's powerful messaging to the brand. Now both the collection and the video are designed to connect you with the mysteries outside of time and space and the challenge to become a warrior for love, armored with the power in each individual piece. Now, Disney's A Wrinkle in Time is going to be available online, this entire collection, at Alex and Annie. That's A-N-I dot com. So, Alex and A-N-I dot com. And it's going to be available at Alex and Annie stores around the world, as well as select retail locations. So, definitely check it out. Now, they are going to have some great things, like a dark and stormy night spinner necklace, the beautiful dream spinner necklace, believing takes practice spinner necklace, as well as a purple Uriel flower necklace, the orange, the pink, as well as the Bring Back the Light adjustable ring, Wild Nights Are My Glory adjustable ring, as well as the Wild Nights Are My Glory adjustable necklace, and more. I'm not going to go and list what all these pieces of jewelry are. All I can say is that they are going to be fantastic. Now, moving to something, A Wrinkle in Time, we all know, is based off of a book. Let's get into another book, and how about Willa of the Wood, coming in July from Robert Beatty. Now, Willa of the Wood is the all-new book from Disney Hyperion author Robert Beatty, and it is coming July 10th. Now, it's set in the Great Smoky Mountains of the 1900s, and Willa of the Wood is the story of an orphaned 12-year-old forest girl who spends her nights scavenging from the woods of the homes of the day folk to support her clan. Now, through a series of terrifying encounters and unexpected kindness, Willa begins to realize that the day folk and her own people as well are not always what she had been told setting in motion a quest for a new home and a new sense of belonging. Now, Willa of the Wood is the first title in the Willa series by Beatty and a follow-up to his wildly popular Serafina book series. Now, the two series take place in the same world and time, even though they are completely different stories. Now, as he has stated so far, I couldn't be more excited to introduce Willa, an energetic girl with special powers who is brave and determined as she is, curious and compassionate. Willa is a brand new story with new characters, but Serafina fans will find themselves reunited with some old friends as well. Now, like the Serafina series, which takes place in Biltmore Estate, Willa of the Wood is set in a real place with a vibrant history and more of the Great Smoky Mountains of the western North Carolina and East Tennessee area during the arrival of the railroad and timber industry. Now, the Great Smoky Mountains, as he has stated, is a beautiful part and place that I call home, Beatty said. I enjoyed exploring rich history, culture, and more to bring the Willa story to life. Now, if you want to find out more about this, it is available for pre-orders at many bookstores nationwide or at Amazon, but definitely check out Willow of the Wood from Disney Hyperion Books from Robert Beatty. Now, pushing along here in Disney news, we have even more things going on here. And of course, let's get into resorts. And how about Disney's Beach Club Villas is ranked number one once again. That is right. For the sixth straight year, Disney's Beach Club Villas outside of Orlando is the gold medal winner in timeshare rentals as it collected the top spot in redweek.com's annual survey of the top 25 timeshare resort rentals. Now, the 2018 survey reflects the rental preferences for Redweek's 2.5 million subscribers who as a group represent the world's largest online community of timeshare owners, users, and renters. Now, Redweek's subscriber base grew by over 200,000 people last year, and now they said grabbing the number one spot, Disney's Boardwalk Villas is 
also there as well. Now this is great. So you have the Beach Club Villas outside of Orlando, which is earning a top spot, but you also have the addition grabbing the number one spot. Disney's Boardwalk Villas is ranked number three. So you have two of Disney's resorts in the top five. Now there are other ones as well, including Marriott's Aruba Surf Club, as well as the Marriott's Maui Ocean Club, Aruba Ocean Club, and the Norport Coast Villas. So this is just another great feat for Disney, showing that they go ahead above and beyond in all the resorts in what they do and always make sure it is perfect and great. And now Disney's Boardwalk Villas number three, but taking that number one spot, Disney's Beach Club Villas. Moving into something I love, since I am drinking a Shamrock Shake. I love my Shamrock Shakes, and of course, Disney toys, are you ready for this, are returning to McDonald's Happy Meals. Yes, after more than a decade apart, McDonald's and the Walt Disney Company have partnered up to release Disney-themed toys with Happy Meals starting in June, the company announced this last week. Now, the cross-promotional campaign is pairing children's meals with movies from the Walt Disney Animation Studios, Pixar Animation Studios, Disney Live Action, Marvel Studios, and Lucasfilm, and it's all going to kick off with Incredibles 2. Now, USA Today report that the companies did not specify how long the agreement is going to last, and everybody knows, when I was a kid, you always waited for the Disney toy in the McDonald Happy Meal. And then they broke away for a while, and then they got back once again, and from 1996 to 2006, they were partnershiped once again. We have not seen a Disney toy really in a Happy Meal since then, but now they are doing it once again. And McDonald's also promises that Happy Meals will meet Disney's nutrition guidelines by June of 2018, showing that they're going to have it more nutrition and more, and uh, I'm just excited. Disney toys and Happy Meals once again? It's going to make me want to buy a Happy Meal for myself. Closing off news here, getting things out of the way, let's get back to the small screen. And how about Dave Stevens' Rocketeer is returning, yes, as a Disney animated series. Disney Junior is developing an animated series based on the late Dave Stevens' Rocketeer comic book, and it has been reported by Deadline this week. Now, scheduled to debut in 2019, the Rocketeer has a mantle passed down from one generation to another as everybody loves the movies, and they love the Disney movie, and they also love the comic book series. Now, the Rocketeer follows Kit, a young girl who receives a surprise package on her birthday, revealing that she's the next to become in line as the Rocketeer, the legendary superhero who has the ability to fly with the help of rocket-powered jetpack. Now, this is going to be an all-new series that is coming to Disney Junior and Disney Channel. Now, as I said, they are excited to introduce the Rocketeer to a young Disney Junior audience and have it once again. Maybe spark the love for the movie once again that I loved in Disney's Rocketeer. And, of course, I can only say this is probably building up to a Rocketeer reboot movie. Right? We all know it's coming. So I'm going to leave it at that. The Rocketeer is coming to Disney Junior once again. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to wrap up news here. Lots of fun things on the horizon. We are getting ready to hang out with the Happiest Millionaire cast, as well as the one and only Genuine Original Family Band, as well as maybe getting some X's and O's in Hollywood Squares, as we have John Davidson stopping in here very shortly. Maybe he'll tell us that it's that incredible. And we also have the D-team. You have the question, he has the answers, and I want to know with Aaron. We have Dominic with the short leash, as well as Frank stopping in with his Disney quote of the week. And let's not forget Trisha and Jamie with Magic 
magical munching to fill that void in food that you might want to, uh, you know, curb all that hunger going on. So we have all kinds of things coming up here as we continue to press on with the show. But before I let you go, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have from dining reservations, character interactions, you name it. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make it the most magical. They're going to walk you through the process, treat you like family. They're award-winning and have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have. Definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to continue on with my Shamrock Shake here in the studios. And let's press on for show number 206 for the week of March 1st, 2018. Are we dancing? Are we really here? Is this feeling something real? Or will it disappear? Are we dancing? Does the music soar? Was this lovely song I hear ever heard before? Are your eyes confessing things?
trooper their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk right down that from Golden Girls Betty White from TV and films Marriott Hartley from TV's bizarre John Viner from the Cosby Show and NBC Sports Felicia and Ahmad Rashad from Falcon Crest Lorenzo Lamas from the classical stage, it's Scott Perlman. From the Colby's, Emma Sam. From the bestseller list, Jackie Collins. And from the center square, Bronson King Show. Welcome to the new Hollywood Squares. Don't we look good? Doesn't it look great? The new show? Yes. And hello to our very, very special guest celebrities. You know who you are. Welcome to the show. Hello, John. I have two fascinating people who would like to meet you and hang out with the stars, maybe make some money. On my left, from Beverly Hills, California, she came all the way by bus. She's an actress whose nickname is Seven Up. Please welcome Ciara Kine. Hi, Ciara. How can you go through a career being called Seven Up? Is that the, the, your, who calls you that? Well, my friends think I'm kind of bubbly, so. <laughs> what a terrible thing to be stuck with. What if you're down one day? You know. I know. Well, you lost your fizz. Or whatever. <laughs> Good luck on the show today. You, you, you have your work cut out for you because on my right is your opponent. His name is Bob Blanchard. He is a flight attendant. Hi, Bob. Domestic or international? Do you fly all over the world? Uh, yes, I do. More fun to go out, right? Usually the layovers are longer when you go international. Good luck on the show today. Let me say some rules for you and then let's get started. Object of the game is to simply win at tic-tac-toe, three squares across, down or diagonally, or to acquire the most squares you can. The winner of each game will receive $500 in cash, and whoever wins the most money at the end of the show will have a chance to win one of these beautiful Cadillacs. This is John Weiner, the voice of Boogie in the Black Cardinal. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Can't believe we're already into March. This year is flying by. Springtime will be here before we know it. Well, you guys have been busy sending in questions, and the virtual mailbag is full. So let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Seamus Riley of Iowa, and he writes, Aaron of the D-Team, I have a question for I Want to Know. Recently, I was listening to your old shows, and it got me thinking about the old Disney movies. There was a movie I recall about a man who had a pet alligator, and he loved to box. I Google those terms and I get nothing. Any thoughts? Thank you so much and just love this podcast. Well, the movie you're referring to is called The Happiest Millionaire. It was released in 1967, starring Fred McMurray, and based upon the true story of Philadelphia millionaire Anthony J. Drexel Biddle. The screenplay is based on the play that was based on the book My Philadelphia Father written by Cordelia Drexel Biddle. This was the last film with personal involvement from Walt Disney, who died during its production. This film is about a young Irish immigrant, John Lawless, 
who lands a job as the butler of an unconventional millionaire, Biddle. His daughter, Cordelia Drexel Biddle, also known as Cordy, tires of the unusual antics of her father, especially since the nice young men around town all fear him. Wouldn't you fear a father-in-law that keeps alligators for pets and teaches boxing at his daily Bible classes? Cordy decides to run off to boarding school and promptly finds the man of her dreams. Unfortunately, his family doesn't approve of Biddle's outrageous antics either. This film also starred our special guest this week, John Davidson, who played Angie, the love interest of Cordy. This is a great film that I look forward to watching again soon. Well, our final question this week is from Alicia Connors of Knoxville, Tennessee, and she writes, Diz Radio, and I want to know. Been going to the parks for years and really enjoy the Main Street USA music. There is something very Pollyanna about it that brings a smile to my face. Do you know of a track listing anywhere or a loop I could get? Are they all original songs or some I may know done in Victorian style? Aaron, you're the best. Well, Main Street USA has some really great music. The music was composed to fit the time era depicted by the buildings on Main Street around the turn of the century. And the music is a ragtime type of style. The current loop was updated in 2012 and mixed some of the familiar tunes from the old loop with some new ones like the song Married Life from the movie Up. There's also a great playlist on Spotify that has the music of Main Street, but YouTube also has the complete loop for your listening enjoyment. Make sure and check out the comments section there on YouTube. Someone painstakingly broke down the entire loop with song title and the time that it plays. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. Full of endless dreams for every girl and boy. Wondrous lands and make believe will fill your heart with joy. A castle leads the entranceway to seven lands and more. Step inside our storybook, imagine what's in store. It's all pure magic, wrapped up in pixie dust. Welcome to a place where dreams come true. Walking right down the middle of Main Street
can feel the car shake. I tipped my hat and took a seat. I said, I hope I haven't stepped up on her feet. An amazing marmalade cat with mystical power changes the lives of three people. She says no. She'd rather go to the store on market day and choose her own fish. Hi. In the delightful Disney fantasy feature, The Three Lives of Thomasina. And restored to its original uncut stereophonic version, The Happiest Millionaire is a heartwarming Disney feature starring Fred McMurray as a lovable but eccentric millionaire. Yes, sir. John, they're not dead. Yes, sir. I, I know, sir. There's got to be another explanation for this wolf attack. Because my wolf, Gray, well, there's just no way he'd attack somebody. In the moving Disney drama, The Flight of the Gray Wolf, a young boy is forced to flee into the wilderness with his pet wolf after the townspeople label the animal as dangerous. Hello, all you D-heads. It's time for another Disney Quote of the Week. This week, John Davison stops in and has a sit-down and chat with Jonathan. And with that being said, John Davison made his film debut in The Happiest Millionaire, which was released on June 23, 1967. Now in the movie, John Davison played the part of Angie. Now if you haven't seen this movie, it's about a happy, unbelievably lucky young Irish immigrant named John Lawless, who lands a job as a butler of an unconventional millionaire named Biddle. His daughter, Cordelia Drexel Biddle, tires of the usual antics of her father, especially since the nice young men around town all fear him. Wouldn't you fear a father-in-law that keeps alligators for pets and teaches boxing at his daily Bible classes? Well, Cordelia decides to run off to a boarding school and promptly finds the man of her dreams. Unfortunately, his family doesn't approve of Biddle's outrageous antics either. Now on a side note, this is supposedly one of the last action films that Walt Disney personally oversaw. Now in a scene that Angie, played by John Davison, and Cordelia Biddle share, Angie Duke sings, There's a shining star west of here, where dreams are booming into gear. It's no humdrum 9 to 5 town, it's a growing, going, bright alive town. Golden sparks light up the skies there, like a thousand Fourth of Julys there. How I want to stake a claim in, roll up my sleeves and make a name in, Detroit. Cordelia replies, Detroit? Angie states, Michigan. Well, that's all the time I have this week. I can see Jonathan giving me the nod that my time is up. Of course, you can always drop me an email at frank at disradio.com. And in just over a week, I'll be back at Disney World, taking in all the sounds and stories that attractions have to offer. So until next time, have a magical week. Come here, the hullabaloo of our tuba. 
hear the tickety-boo of our drum, hear the tweedledee-dee of our woodwind, hear our clickety-plink and banjo strum. And when the razzmatazz of our brasses begins to pizzazz in the air something grand, better get ready to hear, and better get ready to cheer, the one and only genuine original family band. Waltzes, marches, polkas, and mazurkas. We can play them sentimentally, or just like the music of the circus. <laughs> about how you found this clip. Tony Baxter and I put together a vintage uh, Disneyland show and we were talking about the very last uh, filming of Walt Disney and I said to Tony, well, I think it's Epcot film. It used to be known as the uh, Florida Project. And Tony said, no, no, Ed, there's another film. And I remember it. I saw it where I was supposed to see it one night and it never happened. And it got my interest peaked. And then in just recently, this past summer, Stephen Vagini, who was the uh, graduate assistant in the archives, brought a script to me and said, Ed, what do you think about this? This kind of points to the last filming. And I looked at it and I said, that's what I need. Give it to me. I'll go, you know, I'll start looking. It, it was something that we had, but we didn't know what the value of it. We didn't know what the treasure was, you know, that we had. But here's the number. I want to show this to you. This is a recording log of what Walt shot the last day that he ever uh, filmed at the stage. And this number right here is the number that was on Steven's script that he showed me. I used that, I went back into the vault, I used that number to find our recording roll, and inside the recording roll was this recording log sheet which shows Walt's last filming. And knowing that and seeing the response it got at Destination D, have your D23 uh, Kleenex handy because uh, it is kind of emotional to see Walt uh, yes. power through this. Uh, so without any further ado, let's take a look at An Evening with Walt Disney. Let's right? do that. Let's do it. Enjoy. Good evening, friends. I'm sorry to have to welcome you to this invitational showing of Follow Me Boys in this way. I'd give anything to be there with you, but this seems to be one of those times I'm tied down here at the studio night and day. Of course, it's always this way when we're shooting a picture. And it so happens we're in the middle of shooting one right now. It's a comedy feature called uh, Blackbeard's Ghost, starring uh, Peter Ustinoff, Dean Jones and Susan Plachette. Now we've completed quite a few pictures since finishing Follow Me Boys. But there's one special one that I just have to mention. It's titled The uh, Happiest Millionaire. Now this is one we call a happy family musical. It's the true story of the fabulous Anthony Drexel Biddle family of Philadelphia in the era of 1917. Now the stars are Fred McMurray, a real Disney favorite, as Mr. Biddle, the lovely Greer Garson as Mrs. Biddle, 
two newcomers, Leslie Ann Warren and John Davidson, playing Cordelia Biddle and Angie Duke. And it was the romance between these two that brought together the, together the Biddle and Duke family. And introducing the fabulous Tommy Steele, star of the Broadway hit Half a Sixpence. Tommy plays the part of John Lawless, the butler. Now there's a sequence in the picture that I'd like very much to run for you. It's that part where Tommy, fresh off the boat from Ireland, has been sent by an employment agency to the Biddle home to apply for the job as butler. He walks in unannounced, and this is what happened. Well, that's just one of the many songs in the show. And naturally, being part Irish, it's one of my favorites, of course. Now, The Happiest Millionaire won't be released until late next year. So let's get on with the business at hand, and that is Follow Me Boys. To us, this is a very special kind of motion picture, and one of which we're very proud. It has a fine cast, and uh, oh yes, you're about to meet a 15-year-old boy for whom I predict a great acting future. His name is Kurt Russell. I hope you enjoy the show, and incidentally, have a handkerchief handy. If you're like me, you're not only going to laugh a lot, but you're going to shed a few happy tears. So thanks for coming, and again, I'm sorry I can't be there with you personally for this occasion, but here now is Follow Me Boys. Hi, this is Tom Kane, the voice of a number of current Disney attractions like Yoda and Jedi Training Academy, Akbar and Star Tours, a number of upcoming rides in the new Star Wars park that I can't talk about yet, and of course, the voice of the monorail. And you're listening to Diz Radio, helping you relive the magic and memory. Hello everyone, this is Dominic and welcome to another edition of Disney's Short Leash. If you are new to this segment, a short leash isn't something that holds you to the ceiling in a haunted mansion elevator. No, the short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation when they are short on time or short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. Oh, people, it's time. Yeah, it's time for me to return to Walt Disney World. At this point, it's practically instinct, like when that hound dog decided to start looking at his fox friend like he was dinner. Or like Jason Voorhees, yet again tormenting Camp Crystal Lake. Or like the swallows returning to wherever they go. After 15 months, I'm heading back to Walt Disney World on what's sure to be a unique short leash experience. You see, folks, I'm practically going alone this time. Every two years for the last 20 years, I'm at Disney World on business. The trip is basically four days at the park, with two to three of those days interrupted with work stuff. Occasionally, there's a day at the park that shall not be named, but with all the Marvel and Fox intellectual property there, it's half a Disney park by default. Do you think Bob Iger called Universal and thanked them for opening a fifth gate to his parks? Yeah, probably not. I used to work with my wife, so usually she'd be there and we'd have a mini trip without the children, but she has moved on to new employment, so like Harrison Ford, I'm solo. I hope that doesn't mean I'm going to be stabbed to death by my emo son. Anyway, my daughter is going on the trip, but she's 16 and will be with 170 plus of her friends, so I doubt hanging out with dad will be on the itinerary. So this is new, I'm going to have to plan a unique one day per park trip around work responsibilities and without the family. 
There's a few ways I'm thinking about planning this trip. First, I can make the trip revolve around food. I have breakfast taken care of at the hotel, I have lunch already paid for at most counter service restaurants, so I could take my time this trip and book some table service restaurants and pepper attractions around the food. But without my foodie wife or an established posse to travel with, I'll either be planning to eat alone or not knowing how many people at any given meal will be in the dining party. Also, I know the dining could be great, but it could also be mediocre, and fine dining is something I can get at home and Space Mountain isn't, so I always have to fight my better judgment to spend time on things I can do anywhere else. At Disney, I'm in constant motion. I can't relax. You aren't going to find me at a pool sleeping on a lounge chair. If I was sleeping on a lounge chair, all I'd be doing is thinking about the attraction and entertainment time I'm burning doing something I could be doing at any hotel or local swim club. In fact, it's not even as good as the local swim club. I mean, when I start gossiping about my neighbor's affair with the cable guy or bad-mouthing the school system to the person next to me, they're not going to even know who I'm talking about. Where's the fun in that? No, I don't have it in me. If I can do it at home, I'm not doing it there. I could load up some Disney audio tours on my phone and walk around. It'd be like that old person walk around, but with information. You know what I'm talking about. There's a type of people of a certain age just meander around the park, either celebrating the fact that their hip is still operational, or they're disappointed and disgruntled that God hasn't taken them back yet. Yeah, I'll just don some earbuds and learn about the history and hidden story behind why things are the way they are. That could be an interesting way to spend the day in the park. It's also a perfect thing to do without the family pulling me to do something, you know, actually fun. With hours of alone time, this could be my only chance to nerd out on Disney trivia that no one else would care about. I just have to be sure that even I care about it. You see, apparently, but sometimes not apparent enough, there's a storyline behind everything in the parks. However, I'm not on CSI Orlando. Do I look like Hercule Poirot? This isn't Twin Peaks. I want direct information. A storyline should be just that. A line of progressing information that leads us to an understanding of a plot. Not a scavenger hunt of behind the scenes program notes. Immersion is awesome, but if there is a major story element to an attraction, I don't want to have to have extensive background knowledge or no hidden trivia. Remember the tiny bears in Return of the Jedi? You know the ones that battled armored warriors from a planet-destroying empire that conquered the galaxy and the teddy bears defeated them with sticks? Well, as far as I know, they're just tiny bears. They were never called Ewoks in the movie. You had to buy the toy or read the book to figure that out. The point is, the actual narrative device never told you, and if I have to get the plot information from a third party, maybe there wasn't enough information provided in the source material to begin with. So doing an audio tour, maybe I'll have a deeper appreciation of the parks, or maybe I'll just be calling BS as I learn the ridiculous cockamamie way the Imagineers try to explain how the gas-powered cars in Tomorrowland Speedway are somehow futuristic. Or why the flying dinosaur at Animal Kingdom is a triceratops and not a pterodactyl, or why dinosaurs would be holding a church carnival there in the first place. A tyrannosaur can't use their dinky arms to play ring toss, or use that sledgehammer to ring a bell. That's just mean. I have trouble with things like this. Admittedly, I'm a Disney fan, but I'm not a fanatic. There's a limit to my pixie dust intake. Surface absorption might be my limit. I really don't think I have that borderline fetish fanatical interest for diving too deep down the rabbit hole of Disney minutia. I'm getting annoyed just thinking about it. Yo, authors. If I need to know the story, just put it out there. Narrative plot via Easter egg is just bad storytelling. That's all I'm saying. I could do the unseen. 15 months doesn't seem like a long time, but a lot has been added in the last year. There's a couple of new fireworks shows, new restaurants, and shops at Disney Springs. I missed Animal Kingdom last time, so like, I still haven't seen Pandora's blue cats reenact the plot from Pocahontas. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Humans bad, recycle. And while we're at it, check out our WDW Plantoons cartoon about my fear of plugging into a banshee. I can head over to the Hall of Presidents, and providing I can stay awake, I can see the Robo Trump 3000. 
Hold on, I'm going to test my late night comedy monologue with this. So, did you hear there's a new Trump robot at the Magic Kingdom? Little known fact, the Walt Disney World Imagineers apparently used a 1982 Commodore 64 so the artificial intelligence could match his actual intelligence. I hear when they call his name, the animatronic has been programmed not to respond because he's busy tweeting something. They've constructed a new exit that instead of dumping you into a gift shop, drops you off in an 80s South Jersey casino. Nah, of course there's a gift shop. They're selling Trump dolls, but they're marketed as inaction figures with Kung Fu Grope. Back to the trip plan. Yeah, I think the new stuff might be the way to go, and I'll fill the rest of the schedule out with some old faithfuls and must-dos. Over the next few weeks, I'll take you through the planning stages, and upon my return, I'll report back with how this sort of solo trip went. Because planning how to spend your four days at Disney is what Short Leash is all about, people. I hope you enjoyed the tips. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips for me to do on my trip at Dominic at DizRadio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at DizRadio.com. I also can be found on the internet. On Twitter, it's at WDW Plantoons, and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDW Plantoons or by visiting Plantoons.com. Well, folks, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. That twinkle and shine west of the white Missouri. The kiss as sweet as dandelion wine west of the white Missouri.
diddly-eye-dick. The boys that make us diddly-eye-dick are west of the white It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, whether that's movies, television, you name it, as we continue to have these memories passed down to generation to generation, with us here this week is somebody that you know from a variety of different things. From such Disney films like The Happiest Millionaire, the one and only genuine original family band. You also know him from Hollywood Squares. That's incredible. He's a musician and so much more. We have none other than John Davison here. Welcome to Diz Radio. Hi, Jonathan. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, I'm I'm the late I'm John Davison. I'm the latest model. There's a new model that comes out every year, and uh, I, I'm just the late, latest version. I look nothing like I did in the one and only genuine original family band when I was singing to Leslie Ann Warren, or the Happiest Millionaire when I was also singing to Leslie Ann Warren, but. Uh, I'm I'm touring now in Finding Neverland. It's a Broadway show, and I'm playing uh, the producer, Charles Roman, and then I also play Captain Hook, so it's a dual role. It's just a crazy role. But yeah, those those Disney years were very special to me. Well, you know, and with that too, like you said, you know, you continue to move on and, you know, we'll get into Finding Neverland here shortly, but I guess jumping into this career that has been going on for so long, passed on to generations, you know, I pass on much of your work to my children as well. What got you into this fun, crazy business of Hollywood? Um, 
Let me see. Uh, I didn't do it in, in high school. I was a, a sports guy. I ran track and cross country, little football and basketball maybe, but uh, it was in college. I went to Denison University in, in, in Granville, Ohio, and uh, met some theater people, and uh, I went down and was in a, a, a little uh, musical show called Down in the Valley, a musical version of using that old folk song and made a show about it. And then I got to know the theater people, and I, I finally graduated with a B.A. in theater arts, and I, I, I didn't have this burning thing to do it. I figure I'd go to New York and try this after college, and it just kind of caught on. I think uh, I was I was something different in the mid-60s when I came to Broadway. I was very uh, clean-cut, very wholesome, and, and uh, um, middle-of-the-road, kind of uh, all-American guy, and maybe that was something different for Broadway. So, And then a television producer signed me and developed me as a variety show host and, and put me on television, and and then I had my own talk show, and then I I took over from Mike Douglas, and then uh, and then I hosted the Hollywood Square, and then that's incredible. And so it's been this, and then this television producer helped me with my Broadway show as well. So it's been this uh, multifaceted career. I think I get bored easily, and so I've done so many things. I think it's it's confusing what a John Davidson is. <laughs> well, with that, too, like you said, you've done so many different things over the years and continue to shift, mold, change directions. But I guess for all of our Disney fans, we'll touch base upon that first. Of course, The Happiest Millionaire and, you know, the one and original Genuine Family Band, great Disney classics and staples. I guess what was it like landing those roles and knowing you're going to be part of this uh, pantheon of Disney anthology that continues to get passed on even now? Well, in, in uh, early 66, I guess it was, I was playing Curly in Oklahoma on Broadway. I, I was doing a revival of Oklahoma on Broadway. And I got a call to come out to Los Angeles and do a screen test for the, the follow-up to Mary Poppins. You know, Disney had just had the big hit with Mary Poppins. And they said, uh, we, we want to uh, do a screen test for a new movie musical called The Happiest Millionaire. And uh, my first reaction was, well, this is all about rich people. Who, who wants to see a show about rich people? I, I, you know, most shows are about people that we can relate to more. And so it was always amazing to me that it, that it was even done. But it, uh, it was a beautiful film. Uh, I think they were expecting The Happiest Millionaire to make as much money as Mary Poppins. Uh, and I don't think it did. But it was a beautiful film. And uh, Fred McMurray was... Was, anyway, so I did the screen test with Shelley Fabre, and she didn't get it. She went on to do a lot of great things. Uh, she was Nanette Fabre's daughter, I assume, yeah. Uh, actually, I'm not sure of that, but Shelley Fabre, I did. And she didn't get it, but Leslie, Leslie Ann Warren did another test, I guess, with somebody else, and she got it, and I got it, and they signed me to a three-picture deal. Well, this was phenomenal to me. I mean, I was, I was just blown away to be this is my first movie went out to the disney lot and right away this super nice man with a mustache came up to me and said hi i'm walt and uh, you're john aren't you and i said yeah and he said call me walt always call me walt and uh, he called me john and it just it was the last major film that walt disney was involved in the happiest millionaire 
uh, he passed away after that. Uh, he was a chain smoker, as many people know, and, and uh, as amazing as he was, he uh, he was a smoker. It's hard to believe, but he was. So he passed away, and then the next film, The Family Band, was done without without Walt. So on Family Band, it was Leslie Ann and I again. I'll tell you about my relationship with Leslie Ann, which was wonderful. But so on Family Band, everybody was walking around kind of bumping into themselves, saying, what would Walt do? What would Walt Disney have done if he'd been faced with this or that challenge? And, of course, that's not a, succeed, uh, a successful uh, way to operate. And uh, they finally had to just, when Michael Eisner came in, Disney got going, and and um, Disney decided they, there was life beyond Walt, and it's, they, they had incredible success. Of course, when you were working on the Disney lot, uh, it was a very friendly, supportive, loving place. It sounds phony, but it really was. <laughs> and uh, it just made you feel great just to work there. Well, you know, and with that, too, like you said, it's one of those where it just, like you said, it sounds phony because everybody always has these great things, working on the sets, you know, doing, uh, you know, all these great pictures, and it always seems like one big family. Now, you know, with these films, of course, you know, being Disney musicals and things like that, and such great casts that you were working with on these films, are you still shocked or taken back today that people are still watching these? And, you know, I've passed these on to my children even. Uh, are you ever taken back that they're still around, still being enjoyed even now? Well, it happened just two nights ago. Uh, as I say, I'm on tour with the Broadway musical Finding Neverland, and I came out of the stage door after the show, and a lady came up to me with tears in her eyes, and she said, uh, uh, Family Band, I have watched maybe 30 times. I grew up with it as a kid. And, and so, I, so I immediately started singing Dakota, which is the, the, my big song in the show. It was all about Dakota statehood. Dakota, Dakota, where a man stands tall, Dakota. Dakota, where there's land for all. And uh, she started crying, and uh, it just, it meant so much to me that she would remember that. Uh, on Family Band, uh, it was, I got to work with Goldie Hawn. She and I had a dance number together, and uh, that was before she came out and laughed in. So I met Goldie Hawn before she exploded. And before she started dating Kurt Russell, who was also in the film, Kurt Russell was about 14 in the film and this cute kid obviously had a lot of talent and a, a great charisma about him but he hadn't really happened yet he was a Disney thing and so it was a and then Buddy Epson and and uh, Yule and uh, uh, Walter Brennan I was going to say Yule Brenner uh, Walter Brennan but fabulous cast and uh, it gave me a chance to be a, a young leading man in films uh, juvenile and then leading man and but unfortunately, neither Happy Millionaire or Family Band did as well as Mary Poppins. And so they never made the third. They didn't complete my contract. They just, it was an option for a third film. And uh, so they're, they're wonderful films. But I think because they didn't have the fantasy, the, the cartoons on the screen as, as Mary Poppins had had, uh, I think that's the reason they weren't quite as successful as Mary Poppins, but 
They're wonderful films. I'm so proud of them. Well, definitely. And like you said, they didn't do as well as Mary Poppins. But of course, you know, being part of that last film, you know, that Walt was able to be part of, of course, with The Happiest Millionaire. But moving on, you were able to do so many different things. You had so many different television shows, other things you were working on. And of course, the one that everybody knows, the Hollywood Squares, and of course, the new Hollywood Squares. Uh, what was it like being part of this show that was fun, quirky? And how hard was it to come up with the quick-witted jokes? Well, I, I think everybody knows now. They they wrote jokes for, for everybody. They gave you a funny answer to a question you didn't know. So you knew you had this funny answer. Your answer was squirrels in the tree. And you you had no idea what the setup was. You, were, you, you could not be told the question, and you couldn't be told the answer. But we all had little jokes we could do. Um, when I was guesting on the show, sitting next to Paul Lind and Karen Valentine on the other side, I found that rather than doing a joke, I had an attitude that seemed to work for me. My attitude was I'm an expert on everything, and, and I knew absolutely nothing about nothing, about anything. So I, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would claim to know the answer for sure. Trust me, trust me, I know the answer even when I didn't. So they knew that I was fooling with them, and that became a fun bit. Um, so that, on those shows, Peter Marshall was, of course, the classic, the great uh, uh, Emmy Award-winning uh, host. About in, in 1986, which is uh, like five years later, I was asked to, or, uh, oh, no, this is like 15 years later. They wanted to bring it back, so they did the new Hollywood Squares, and I was asked to host the show. And my setter square was Joan Rivers. And we had Shadow Stevens and Jim J. Bullock as regulars. And we developed a bunch of new regulars, Alf and, and uh, a bunch of fun folks. And uh, that was fun because your job was to make the stars shine. Basically, I was doing an impression of Peter Marshall. But nobody knew it because I don't do impressions well. I, I admire Peter Marshall, the original host, very, very much. He's a great Great man and, and a great host and, of course, a, a great Broadway star as well. But uh, it was fun hosting in that you make all five shows in one day. I'm sure everybody knows that. So you really got to know the stars. You make five shows with two different audiences, and you have dinner with, with everybody in between the Wednesday and Thursday show. And so Hollywood Squares was a family situation, a little bit like make, making Disney films. It's very supportive. We all try to help each other. Uh, score, be funny. And my job was to make the stars shine when I was hosting. Well, you know, and with that too, like you said, it was fun. It was like a family. And of course, those are great things that, you know, game shows and that, that era, I guess that, that moment in time when people sat down as a family and really enjoy these as well. Now, I guess with that too, you know, you've gone on and, you know, done music, performing Broadway. And of course, as you've mentioned, being part of Finding Neverland, which is great, uh, a great stage show, Broadway. I guess, how did you get involved with Finding Neverland and, you know, being part of this great production now? Well, the, the the first thing that I did when I, after my theater arts major, I came to New York City in the mid-60s and did two Broadway shows. And then over the years, I've toured in a lot of different uh, Broadway shows, Music Man and Camelot and uh, Oklahoma, a lot of Oklahoma playing Curly. But, uh, so I've always done Broadway shows, even in between That's Incredible and Hollywood Squares. Um, so about a year ago, or no, about three years ago, I auditioned for Wicked, and I became the wizard in the touring company of Wicked. That was great. I did that for almost two years. And then um, uh, along came Finding Neverland, which is the story of how uh, J.M. Barry wrote Peter Pan. 
and uh, I auditioned for that. And and uh, it's a dual role. I was fortunate enough to get it. It's it's a uh, it's a forty five week contract. I've been doing this since last June, and I uh, it, it's a national tour. Pe- people can check my website, johndavidson.com, and and see where Finding Neverland is this week. As I'm speaking to you, we're in Kansas City, but then we go many different cities. Um, it's it's the best role I've ever had in my career. I, I played Don Quixote and Man of La Mancha. I played King Arthur in Camelot. I've oh, I played Billy Bigelow in Carousel. I, I played the the Music Man, uh, Harold Hill. But but this dual role in Finding Neverland is more fun than I've ever had. It's just I play Captain Hook. And then I played the producer of the show there. I, I drive the show forward, and and uh, now I'm I'm seventy. Well, how old am I? I'm seventy six. I'll be seventy seven in December, and uh, I I just am so grateful that I'm still working. Well, you know, and like you said, it's one of those things where you you know you're continuing on to work, make these pieces, you know, in in I guess entertaining audiences. Now, being part of Finding Neverland, doing this dual role, being Captain Hook, what is one of the hardest things to do on stage? And also, do you just love the instant fan reaction because it's live right there? Well, I love playing somebody who is a driving force, who, who has great objectives. An, an actor always wants to have great objectives. What are you trying to accomplish on stage or, or in a film or in TV? But at, at, in these roles, I have uh, just uh, great things to try to accomplish. I'm trying to get... As the producer, I'm trying to get Barry to not write Peter Pan. As Captain Hook, I'm trying to get him to write Peter Pan to find his imagination, to find his child within, uh, which stirs the imagination. So I'm going for a lot of audience reaction. I'm not a wallflower. I, I chew up the scenery. And uh, the audiences seem to love it. And, and, and the reaction to Finding Neverland is is tremendous. So that I I... I it is really fun going to the theater. The challenge of doing eight shows a week is that you've got to try to make it fresh, as if it were the first time. You know, Meryl Streep in her films only has to do it once, and and it's it's so great. But doing it eight times, you've got to make it fresh every time. And so, so you trick yourself. You make yourself think that it is happening right now. It doesn't always work. Some shows, uh, for me anyway, I, I I feel flat. I don't think the audience knows that, that I'm thinking about, you know, picking up a, a loaf of bread and a quart of milk on my way back to the hotel, you know. But uh, you try to be there and be a vital force eight shows a week. But that is the challenge. Well, you know, and with that too, like you said, trying to make it fresh, make it, you know, fun for yourself, eight shows a week. And you've been doing this now for, you know, so many weeks. But of course, the fans and the audience still loves it. And, you know, that's the biggest thing there is getting that instant reaction, that gratification, knowing that you're playing this role. Now, with everything you've done over your entire career, you know, we know you're busy, a lot of different things going on. Currently, Finding Neverland, the Broadway presentation of it. And I guess with that, if you were ever to ask to come back, do a good, uh, a good, good old fashioned Disney movie, maybe host uh, another, the new, new Hollywood Squares, would you always be up for it? Oh, sure. I mean, uh, I, uh, television is much easier than, than Broadway. And, uh, you know, in my mid 70s now, I, I would love to play the grandpa on a series. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, uh, I, I mean, that would be a special treat. I'm just waiting for that call, and 
I look forward to that. That'd be fun. Um, or to host, I might host another game. I, the Game Show Network uh, has contacted me about doing something for the Game Show Network, and, and we're, we're developing something with that. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I live in New Hampshire now. I live in the woods of New Hampshire with my wife, and my, I have a granddaughter close by, and I have five, I have five, I have six grandchildren, plus the one that lives in the Boston area near me. So the six and all, and, um, I, I love my life, but, I mean, I, I would certainly welcome something in television or, or another film to come along. But now I'd be playing the grandpa. Well, I know that everybody would love it. And like I said, you've been part of so many people's lives. You know, I grew up watching you, I, you know, and, uh, you know, I pass it on to my children now as well. So I'm sure that we would love to see it as well. So I guess with that said, in closing here for all of your fans, you know, people that love your music, Broadway, movies, television, people whose lives you've impacted, whether that was from watching you on the Hollywood Squares or the Disney movies or That's Incredible, seeing you on Broadway. For all of your fans out there, fans of John, are there any final words you'd like to leave out there for all of them? Well, I think, uh, I, you know, I've studied acting, I've studied voice, I, I, I've, uh, I've studied theater. I think the biggest thing we're all trying to do is to be great storytellers in everything you do, to bring, to bring people, to bring the audience to some uh, new way of thinking about life because they saw you, to, to inspire people. Make people laugh, make them look at themselves to learn something about themselves. I think to, to entertain, yes, or to inspire. I, I, I hope that that is my purpose in life, and um, I hope to keep doing that and, and uh, for as long as I can do it. Very good. Well, it's our pleasure having you stop in once again, John, taking this time with us, trip down memory lane into the current, the present, possibly the future. And thanks once again for all the memories and passing it on for generations as well. So thanks, John, once again for stopping in. Thanks, Jonathan. Where the roots grow deep and the winds blow clean, where the air is and the summer's green Where virgin fields await the plough A great tomorrow is dawning now Dakota, Dakota Where a man stands tall Dakota, Dakota where there's land for all Rolling rivers embrace the plain Where someday there's gonna be Golden oceans of flowing green Just as far as your eyes can see Black hills, the blue skies of the shining west Dakota Oh, Dakota, by the heavens blast. Where the roots grow deep and the winds blow clean Where the air is sweet and the summer's green Where virgin fields await the plow A great tomorrow is
dealings with pressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Come on, homemade and good friends are waiting. Everything shiny and new. Come where excitement is playing. Walt Disney and you. Come home to all your good friends. Mickey. Donald. Goofy. Herbie. Alice. Winnie the Pooh. Mary Poppins. Pollyanna. You have a stubby little nose. And many more. You're invited to enter a world of excitement. Suspense. And laughter. And music. And more laughter. Hey, you mangy cur, come back with my car! That shaggy dog just stole my car. Roses and rainbows. And more music. You better take lose again. That's just the way we like them. It's fun. <laughs> and it'll take you by surprise. Are you ready for the Disney lineup? You ready? I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. You ready? I said I was ready. Available from Walt Disney Home Video. Great! Hi everyone, this is Trisha. And Jamie. And welcome to Magical Munchies, this segment on Diz Radio where we just can't get enough of those Disney eats. Exactly. It's always go time for me when I'm in the parks, especially when it comes to Disney food. Sometimes I wish I could sprout wings or have a sprinkling of pixie dust from Tink so I can make my way around Walt Disney World so much faster and eat more food. <laughs> well, I completely agree. And speaking of pixie dust, did you know that this week's special guest, the super talented John Davidson, is currently on tour with the musical Finding Neverland? I did, but I'm not sure if he's going to help me out with pixie dust since he's playing Captain Hook. Oh, good point. Well, one thing's for sure. Your new book, Tasting the Magic from A to Z, the best food and beverages at Walt Disney World, is chock full of deliciousness that even those with hooks for hands will enjoy. Yeah, I think we got a couple of hook-friendly foods in there. Tacos, for example. Yeah. Margaritas. Yeah. You just <laughs> can do those with hooks. 
And I thought we could mix it up today and give all you D-heads a fun way to enjoy all the tasty treats that Disney World has to offer by challenging you to do a Disney dining challenge. That's right, lovely listeners. Trisha and her son, Austin, went to Disney World and ate the alphabet. They ate it from top to bottom. They ate it from A to Z. We sure did. And it was hard. And thankfully, I had someone to share it with. And we did it over the course of four days. So that's 26 bites in four days. And nothing is impossible when you're food motivated. True story. But I did have some help from the wonderful Disney Instagram community for some of the more difficult letters. And we will get into some of those. Okay, Trisha, let's have at it. And I promise I won't sing the ABCs aloud while you start. (laughs) Okay, so A was for an avocado crema. And we've talked about this one before because they had it at Food & Wine as well. Uh, And this was actually back in December. So we were having it at the Holiday Kitchen in Epcot. And that was followed by black beans and some churros, both of which were found at the Pepper Market in Coronado Springs. So that sounds like you're off to a delicious start. And since Trisha was kind enough to lend me her list, I'll continue and start with D. So that was D for Dolce Cinnamon Coffee, which she had at the Cafe Ricks in Coronado Springs, followed by E, which were empanadas at the Pepper Market, and a nice cold frappuccino for F at Starbucks in the heart of it all, Magic Kingdom. You got it. It's the best way to start a day at Magic Kingdom is standing in line and having a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. So this is so taking me back to my trip and our recent trip together, too. But, oh. And I'm hungry all over again. And since it was the holiday season, of course, G was gingerbread. And that was eaten at Coronado Springs. And then followed by some additional holiday eats in both Disney Springs and Epcot. So some different foods they had specifically around the holidays. And I had to top it off with the letter I for icing from the Main Street Confectionery in Magic Kingdom, and this was on this super cute Santa Claus Mickey Ears Rice Krispie deliciousness that Austin let me have one bite of it, and he ate the rest, of course. Just one? (laughs) Just one. It was fine. Well, you did my foodie soul proud with your J, the the jalapeno margarita from the San Angel in in Epcot, and it looks like you followed it up with K, a crispy treat from the ever-popular Main Street Confectionery, and P for Potato Leek Soup at Be Our Guest in Magic Kingdom. And we were just getting started because Be Our Guest was also where we had M, which is the Master's Cupcake. And no, for you folks, just in case you're looking for that great stuff, it comes on the Master's Cupcake at breakfast and lunch because you have to have cake for breakfast when you're at Be Our Guest. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> it's a requirement. Uh, followed by my own personal favorite, uh, N for Nan, and that is over at Sanaa Restaurant in Kandani Village, which is at Animal Kingdom Lodge. And then back to be our guest again for O, which was part of the Eclair à l'Orange. Oh, there's so many treats I need to try. And I know most listeners must have had P because it's for popcorn, which <laughs> is everywhere. <laughs> so I'm not going to list the names of places because just, just follow your nose. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, we're going to follow that up with Ooey Gooey Q for Queso Fundido from uh, San Angel Inn. And then we have <laughs> Captain Hook's favorite letter, R. <laughs> for the roast beef sandwich, me hearties, from Be Our Guest. <laughs> no pirates there, though. They might be allowed. Who knows? <laughs> and I, my understanding is pirates are not really supposed to be hanging out in fantasy land. So, yeah, uh, could get a little weird. It could get a little interesting when pirates and stepsisters hang out together, which happened on my last trip. Crazy. <laughs> another show, folks. Another show. Okay. And being a foodie mom, I couldn't resist S by having the sampling of mom's favorite recipes at the 50s primetime diners. This is like 
fried chicken and meatloaf, all the stuff that your mom will shove at you and then go, aren't you still hungry? And you're bursting <laughs> at the seams. And this was followed by tea, the Tostadas de Tinga, also at San Angel Inn in Epcot. And for you, umami butter chicken from Sanaa, which cannot get enough of that with the naan. Oh, I need naan. I need more naan in my life. <laughs> so judging from your list, it looks like to wash it all down, because it was a lot of heavy stuff there. Looks like for V, you had some vanilla ice cream at the Ghirardelli Ice Cream Shop. Another liquidy beverage for W, uh, watermelon raspberry smoothie from Cafe Ricks in Coronado Springs. And another favorite on the list, this was great, X for extra large margarita flight at Rick's Lounge. Oh, I almost didn't find my room that night. Anyone <laughs> who stayed at Coronado Springs can know it is tricky to find your room. Add some margaritas and four hours sleep, it's even trickier. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know that you're just uh, chock full of stories, and uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough to know a few other secrets of yours as well. Well, here's two more secrets, uh, Y and Z, and Y was for the yellow meringue, and it was on another delicious dessert from Be Our Guest, and Z, which was a really tough one, and we ended up with the zucchini on the tacos de vegetales from San Angel in Mexico. Whew. Wow, folks. Well, there you have it. Trisha and Austin eat the whole alphabet. <laughs> yep, we did. And we'll do it again in a heartbeat, but maybe add a few extra days and like friends to just be able to kind of pace ourselves and um, and just to be able to order even more options because that is really the fun part is it does get you to try some new things. Mm, food. food. <laughs> so all you wonderful, lovely D-heads, if you're looking for some tasty treats, be sure to check out Trisha's newest book, Tasting the Magic from A to Z, the best food and beverages at Walt Disney World for some ideas on how you can eat the alphabet in Walt Disney World yourself. And we would love to hear from everybody, both Jamie and I would. So you can find me on Instagram at notsoevil underscore Disney stepmom or on Facebook at author. Trisha Dab, and that's T-R-I-S-H-A-D-A-A-B. Or you can also shoot me an email on the super cool Diz Radio email. It's Trisha at DizRadio, D-I-Z Radio.com. Please, please get in touch with us because we would love for you to tell us how you plan on eating the alphabet. So give my inbox some foodie love and email me at uh, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at DizRadio.com, or you can find me on Instagram, especially every Foodie Friday, at Lilo underscore The Lost Princess. And be sure to tune in next week where we're going to talk about how Jamie took on the A to Z challenge at Disneyland. And so she ate the alphabet in only two and a half days. So <laughs> she, she, she beat me. <laughs> well, well, I had help and, you know, time wasn't in my favor. So luckily, my boyfriend and I shoved our faces full of all the Disneyland treats. <laughs> Sometimes I'm nice and I share. <laughs> Poor Joe. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Diz Radio family. And until next time, be sure to try everything. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no person crazy. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem-free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. Why?
When he was a young warthog. When I was a young warthog. Very nice. Thanks. He found his aroma like a certain appeal. He could clear the savannah after every meal. I'm a sensitive soul. Now I seem thick-skinned. And it hurt that my friends never stood downwind. And oh, the shame. He was a shame. What a change in my name. Oh, what's in a name? And I got downhearted. Time to feel you. Every time that I... Hey, Pumper, not in front of the kids. Oh, sorry. Hakuna Matata, what a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata, ain't no passing craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. Yes, sing it, kid. It's our problem free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. John Morris, Andy from the Toy Story Trilogy, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was a fantastic romp, definitely happy, full of songs, so many different things. And, of course, thank you, John Davidson, once again for stopping in and taking that time this week to chat with all of us. Great classics you've been part of, television shows, and so much more that I've passed on to my children as well. And I would love to see you come back in any form on a Disney movie or whatnot as the grandpa or even a new Game Show Network game. Thank you, John, once again for stopping in, and I'm hoping to catch you in Finding Neverland on Broadway as well. 
well. I'd also like to thank the D-Team. That's right, this show would be nothing without the D-Team, so thank you to Aaron, Dominic, Frank, Trisha, and Jamie, all stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Remember to connect up with the D-Team, because they truly do make the magic happen. Otherwise, you'd have nothing more than me rambling week in and week out. And finally, most of all, thank you, the D-Heads. You are the reason we continue to bring the show to you every single week for the last almost eight years. You are the reason we bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, and you are the ones that help keep the show going. You keep it thriving. You are the ones that just make us smile and want to keep bringing it back every single week. So thank you, the D-Heads. You truly are the backbone of the show. So next week, we're continuing on into March, especially something that can go along with St. Patrick's Day. You can think green. You can think all kinds of things. I'll give you more hints in a minute. But before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in, I want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our fullest of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Show. That's D-I-Z Radio, S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Disney On Demand, all three of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, different kind of Disney show. And if you want to stay connected instantly, you can't wait to hear our special guests, the D-Team, the news, whatever is the part of the show that you love. You can't wait to hear it. You can go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and subscribe right there. You can go to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and search Disney Blue, Diz Radio, or Disney On Demand. Hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released every single week, ready to listen to in your cubicle, in your car, your drive home, on your Alexa, you name it. You can listen to it right away as soon as it gets released. And since I tend to talk really, really fast here at the end of the show, if you can't remember any of these links, just go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com, and find all these links there as well. So next week, we have fun. We're going into March even deeper. I've been enjoying my Shamrock Shake all show long, and next week, we have somebody who's used to having green hair, maybe used to keeping his body put together, and also used to seeing people swap places. I'm going to leave it at that. So until next week, all of you D-Heads, as I always say, take time, slow down, never neglect family for business. You can always make money, you can't always make memories. Make the magic happen, whether that's your loved ones, your children, your family, your wife, your spouse, you name it. Make the memories happen. Take that time, slow down, never neglect family for business. So until next week, all of you D-Heads, go out, have fun, make the memories, and have a magical weekend. Remember Harry Applegate? Yeah, he took Cordy on a date. Oh, what a dapper Dan. Pearly teeth and tennis tan. Remember him well. Thought he was a Romeo. Tried to kiss our sis and oh, Harry Duck, but too late. Father bought him an upper plate. Watch your footwork. Better learn to bob and weave. Sister Cordy's got dynamite up her sleeve. What a jab! Dynamite up her sleeve. What a hook! Dynamite up her sleeve. Keep your guard up. Archie Baxter came here twice. 
First time out he acted nice Romance was in the air Oh, they made a lovely pair Beautiful Second date it was a dance He grabbed her tight, this was his chance Court, he only bruised that sport Father settled it out of court Watch your footwork Better learn to bob and weave Sister Cordy's got dynamite up her sleeve What a right! Dynamite up her sleeve What a cross! Dynamite up her sleeve Keep your guard up! Say, do you remember Harvey Drew? Oh yeah, captain of the Dartmouth crew That's him A letterman three years Muscles between his ears Gotta be generous While rowing Cordy round the lake A crude advance did Harvey make A gruesome scene It happened so fast Next week they remove the cast So, watch your footwork Better learn to bob and weave Sister Cordy's got dynamite up her sleeve What a faint! Dynamite up her sleeve What an uppercut! Dynamite up her sleeve Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues Disney On Demand The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney See you real soon